Welcome to Classical Music for Stories. Classical music for stories. Um, we're back after the Christmas break, and before I continue, I'd just like to wish everyone listening a very happy new year. Um, I hope you all are safe and enjoying the break if you're getting one. Um, I decided to cho- choose a piece today that is just the right thing, I think, to kick off a new start, a brand new year, um, full of life and eccentricity and enjoyment and excitement. Um, and that is the overture to Giacchino Rossini's opera La Gazza Ladra. Um, La Gazza Ladra, straight from Italian translated, means the thieving magpie. And uh, an overture, I haven't done an overture yet, have I? An overture is a piece of music that precedes the opera. What I mean by that is if you imagined a book and it included a prologue, um, the prologue would be the overture. There is really no action involved in it. It's just music from the orchestra. And the idea, the original idea of the overture was to um, kind of show the audience what was going to come because an overture typically kind of involved tunes or ideas, or motifs, sometimes directly copied from the opera. Um, it's these tunes that came from the opera, and the composer wove them together, and there you have it, that's an overture. 
and they would never have been properly performed back in the day. An overture was the background music as you took your place in the opera house. It wasn't meant for like acute listening. It was just there as a as an introduction, I suppose, to what the evening would be holding. And in a way, I, I quite like that. It does, like, an opera can reach, what, five hours sometime? And in a way, it's just probably nicer to have a bit of uh, context, musical context. So, that's what an overture is. And this is the overture to La Gazza Ladra, as I said already. Written by the composer Giacchino Rossini, who was born in 19... not 19, I'm so sorry. Born in 1792, um, the year after Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart died, and he then passed away many years later. He had a long life in 1868. He wrote 39 operas before the age of 40, and he then very mysteriously, like there's a lot of speculation as to why this happened, but he retired very suddenly at the age of 40, which is, that was surprising. It was 1832. He didn't know this, but he had another 36 years of his life remaining, and he retired at the age of 40. No one knows why he did this. There is nothing to suggest he was in bad health in any way, shape, or form. He just, he just didn't do it anymore. And Rossini, he only really wrote opera. He wasn't really a composer of anything else. Um... And if he, if, if he was, it's not necessarily the most um, influential music of his, anyway. Um, but his operas are typically quite comical. He was, he was a party man, Rossini was. He loved a good celebration. And his operas, I think, show that in their kind of comical way of um, musicality, musicality story, even. Some stories are ludicrous. Um, so... Um, another really quite interesting point I think about Rossini is that he out of all composers that ever lived I think he wins the prize for being the king of the dinner table Rossini was a massive foodie he loved food like really really loved food people believe that um, because of stories people think his favourite food would have been turkeys stuffed with truffles which is the kind of mushroom and uh, they also say that um, he exclaimed once that he's cried three times in his life the first was when his first opera was a fiasco the second was when he heard um, the great composer and virtuoso mastermind Paganini played the violin to him and the third time was when he was sailing to a picnic lunch and he watched his favourite food the turkey truffles fall overboard that was worth him crying. I mean, I, I can't blame him. Food is amazing. I love food myself. Um, but Rossini, he, he's next level foodie. Um, he said as well, I know of no more admirable occupation than eating. Appetite is for the stomach, what love is for the heart. The stomach is the conductor who rules the grand orchestra of our passions. The bassoon or the piccolo Grumbling its discontent or shrilling its longing personify the empty stomach for me. I don't think I need to say any more. It's, like, it's quite clear that Rossini loved food. 
he he also has a dish named after him. It's called the Tornados Rossini. It's um it comprises of steak fillet, beef fillet, whatever you want to call it. And um it has a very particular way of cooking it, which I'm not I'm not gonna go into the detail about that now. It's very complicated, even I don't understand it. Um but that's that's legacy. When people think Rossini, those who don't do music think, oh, have you ever had the the steak Rossini or the poached eggs a la Rossini? Because that exists too. Yeah, he has poached eggs named after him. Uh, he was, I believe, and other people also believe that when he did retire in at the age of 40, he moved to kind of the outer, outer areas of Paris. And he, uh, and because of that, we believe that Rossini actually took up a post as gourmet cook, which is very possible. I mean, if you love food that much, you'd want to put that into action. Um, another interesting point is those quotes I just read out. He's used music to try and show the values of food. This is something called an interdisciplinary value. It's a long word. Um, and it means when an artist or a great scholar or anyone really uses a completely different medium um, such as music and food to try and explain the other. Another really excellent example of that would be if any of you have seen Leonard Bernstein's uh, lectures at Harvard, he, um, he tries to define why music sounds like it does. And with that, he uses the interdisciplinary value of language. He goes into depths of language and then applies that to music. And in doing so, he's actually made things a lot clearer. And that's, I think, almost exactly what Rossini has done here, just maybe slightly different. Not defining music, he's defining food, but he's using music to define the food. So there's Rossini's food loving. Um, the actual piece I've chosen I don't have very much to say about the context of it, but the music of it, I love. It begins with that, the lovely snare drum roll, which you heard at the beginning. And uh, I believe this is the first time that uh, a snare drum was properly used in the symphony orchestra in this setting. Um, snare drum before that would have been typically used for military, um, for the military, as in armies marching or even a celebration in for the for the military um and now it was suddenly being used in classical music uh which was a breakthrough but people enjoyed it, it the opera itself the gasoladra in its first performance was uh there was great critical acclaim to it everyone really enjoyed it um the the opera the actual overture begins with um the opening section with um which is a really jumpy, light-hearted melody featuring the whole orchestra before it then goes does three massive chords and then we're into what I think is the main section of the entire overture in which you get um, one kind of repeated section. It's about four minutes long and then he repeats that same section. The difference between them is how they finish. The first one finishes with a kind of massive round back to the beginning and the second one finishes as all Rossini overtures do, in which they get faster and faster and faster and faster and louder and louder, and then suddenly 
there is a massive crash, bang, wallop, and that is the end of the overture. Those of you who've watched, there's a Bugs Bunny episode, which includes some Rossini. It's the whole thing, actually. It's um, the Barber of Seville overture. A lot of people will know that because of Bugs Bunny. But you, you know then exactly how a Rossini overture will end. And you'll hear now how a Rossini overture will end, because I'm going to play you the whole thing. So anyway, that is La Gazza Ladra and the composer Giacchino Rossini. So that concludes this week's um, episode. Uh, just uh, before I sign off, I'm now on a lot of socials. Um, if you just put the podcast name into the search engine, it should come up. Um, you'll now hear the whole overture of La Gazza Ladra by Rossini, um, performed by the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by Sir Thomas Beecham. Very, very old recording. I sincerely hope you enjoy. Thank you very much for listening, and I will see you all next week.